Why don't you tell me a little bit about your childhood? I suggested. We were walking across the hospital grounds, an environment I felt was more conducive to psychotherapy than sitting in a small office as my patient and I stared at each other. Something about the outdoors opens people up, frees them in a way. He gave me a pitying, incredulous look, one I'd already become accustomed to receiving from him. I never would figure out where that look came from, but I began to recognize it as his default expression. It was a look I imagined parents of teenagers received with regular frequency. I'm embarrassed for you because of how clueless you really are, it seemed to say, except with teenagers there was usually an added dose of resentment, and I never got that from him. Rather, Jason's expressions were touched with empathy, Something about the depth of those eyes, perhaps. Almost as if he were here to help me, instead of the other way around. On the surface, I was part of what you might call a traditional family. We lived in a middle-class suburban neighborhood in Columbia. Columbia, Maryland, I clarified, and he nodded. It was located in Howard County, about a 30-minute drive to the west of us. Dad was a police officer, he continued. Mom used to be a teacher, but when the kids were born, she took several years off to run a part-time daycare out of our house. It allowed her to stay home with us during the first couple of years. You say us. You had siblings? A sister. Where is she now? He sighed, as if he'd explained all this a thousand times before. I wondered how many psychiatrists he'd been through before me. Your sister, I prodded, waiting for him to answer my question, but he was silent, looking down at the Severn River below us. Is she older or younger? She was three years older, he said, and his use of the past tense was not lost on me. Is she still alive? He shook his head. I don't know. I haven't spoken with her in a long time. You had a disagreement? A falling out? No, he said. His face struggled for a moment. Beyond the iron pickets, a seagull spread its wings and left the cliff, gliding out into the vacant space some eighty feet above the water. I put a hand on his shoulder. I wasn't supposed to do that, I knew. There are rules of engagement to psychiatry, and maintaining appropriate boundaries, physical and otherwise, is one of them. What may seem like a compassionate gesture can be misconstrued. Extending a casual touch or revealing too much personal information, for example, puts the psychiatrist at risk of being perceived by the patient as someone other than his doctor. The relationship of doctor and patient becomes less clear and the patient's sense of safety within that relationship can suffer. And yet, here I was, with my hand resting on my patient's shoulder for the second time this week. I found it unsettling, for I was doing it without thinking, almost as a reflex, and I didn't understand where it was coming from. Was I attracted to him? I must admit I did feel something personal in his presence, a certain pull, but it was hard to define, 
difficult to categorize. But dangerous, yes. I recognize that it had the potential to be dangerous for us both. What happened to your sister? I asked, withdrawing my hand and clasping both behind my back. Gone, he said, following the flight of the gull before it disappeared around the bend. He turned his eyes toward mine, and the hopelessness I saw there nearly broke my heart. She's been gone for five years now, and alive or dead, I don't think she's ever coming back.